This is episode number 41, all about keeping it real. Welcome to Growth Mindset University. My name is Jordan Paris, 21-year-old author and host of this show. And with this show, it is my mission to bring you empowering people and messages to help you learn anything and take control of your life while fulfilling your vision of success. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today, and school is now in session. Hello, my friends. We have a really, really great episode today, but it's a little bit different. I sat down with a good friend of mine, and his name is Jonathan Namath. He's been a client of mine for just under two years, and he's best described as a small business owner with an attitude of gratitude. Now, we talked today about being real with yourself, being real with others, and so the premise is that we all have problems. We all struggle. We all suffer. The poor people have problems, and so do rich people. Ordinary people have problems, so do famous people. Problems don't really go away, but some sets of problems are better than others, though. Some problems are more fulfilling than others, and the only thing we can ever do is exchange our current problems for better problems. Challenges are part of life, and knowing that we cannot evade problems, all we must do is choose which set of problems we want, you know, like the problems of an entrepreneur versus the problems of someone working for somebody else. And so there will always be things that suck. This is a sobering truth, yet it's oddly useful. I don't think we should ignore this and don't bullshit yourself by pretending everything is all sunshine and rainbows. This is a major key because all positivity all the time is straight bullshit. You might be saying, well, but everyone else's life is perfect though. And according to who? According to themselves on Instagram and Facebook? It's a bit like asking a cigarette manufacturer to provide evidence that their products are safe to use, which is actually precisely what happened in, uh, I believe it was from the 1930s until the 1950s. And so at a time when there was no internet to find out otherwise, and when solely placing trust in the hands of physicians regarding health was the norm, Cigarette manufacturers actually provided evidence to physicians claiming that cigarettes weren't harmful. I'm not kidding. They claimed that cigarettes were not harmful. The manufacturers even went so far as to feature physicians in their ads to brainwash the public. And so here's some headlines uh, or of ads featuring physicians from newspapers. Quote, not one single case of throat irritation due to smoking camels. End quote. And here's another one. More doctors smoke camels than any other cigarette. And this one's one of my favorites. 20,679 physicians say, luckies are less irritating. Another one, science discovered it. You can prove it. Now, 10 months scientific evidence for Chesterfield. Another, just what the doctor ordered. And now, wait, now this one's actually the best one. Ready? Why physicians call our new brand a health cigar and a health cigar in all caps. Do you really believe that stuff, though? Well, the American public did for more than 20 years until they finally caught on. 
And now, you know, everyone knows that cigarettes cause fatal lung cancer and all sorts of negative health effects. And so in similar fashion, you know, people will post Instagram pictures and Facebook status updates to show and tell everyone how amazing their life is, even though many of them are depressed. And it creates a skewed image of the world in our world today. It creates delusion. If you want to believe in that skewed image, though, be delusional and put the pressure on yourself to be as, quote, perfect as everyone else, then feel free. I'm not stopping you. It may be an endless pursuit that results in misery, though. And so just as the American public caught on to cigarettes being unhealthy, I think we are beginning to catch on to the facade that others put up. I think we're beginning to realize that people's lives aren't actually as perfect as they hype it up to be. And I I really hope I'm right about this. And so we talked a lot about that today. And now we really went into depth about what people can do if they're depressed right now. There's four big things to know and do. And we go in depth, but I'm going to, I'll say it briefly here. Number one is in those times, in those trials and tribulations, you need to know your why. You need your meaning, your why to endure anyhow, to pull you through. Um, Number two is be real. If someone says, how are you? Tell them how you feel. You'd be shocked when you open up to people, the connection that creates the conversations that result from that, the relationships that strengthen just from being open and honest and real. Um, Number three, reach out to people. Reach out. Rely on your friends. You know, spend time with your friends. And if you don't have friends, because I might be taking that for granted. Maybe you don't have friends. I didn't have friends two and a half years ago. I would say go to a church if that's what you believe in. Go to the gym. Go play five-on-five basketball. Go get out. Do something. Go sit in Starbucks with your computer. Um, And then number four is... Now, this is just something to know, something to keep in mind that depression is in action. Depression is in action. It's lumped shoulders, bad posture, uh, head down. And very specifically, I, it would be depression as an action. It looks like uh, sitting in bed in the middle of the afternoon with your phone in your hand and you're looking at pictures of you and your ex. That's depression right? And so we go deep into that in the episode. It's a really riveting conversation, a very transparent conversation that we have, especially considering I was hit with a fucking ton of bricks this week in my emotional life. I've had a really tough week. And so without going into too much detail there, I just want people to know when we break, it's not permanent. You know, we must trust that adversity is what makes us unique. We must trust that it's adding to our history, our value and our overall beauty because in Japan, you know, the way they repair they repair broken pottery with lacquer mixed with gold or silver or platinum. You know, when pottery breaks, the Japanese don't just render it useless and throw it away as like Americans would. Instead, they see breakage as something that adds to the history the value and the beauty and the uniqueness of the object. It's not something they try to hide as they make the filled-in cracks actually noticeably shiny. And so in the same way, we as humans should not be rendered useless when we break. And we all do. 
And sadly, some of us are not aware of the high power that this concept yields. And this is why we have suicides. Just when we break, it's not permanent. It adds to our value. And without further ado, I know this has been a long intro, but it's a necessary one. This is a powerful episode today. I know you're going to love it. Here it is with my good friend, Jonathan Namath. Like, you know, you reflect the whole text and be like, yeah, I was unfortunate and in that way, but that's not what's running with me because that's not going to keep me down. I'm just going to grow from it. That's the kind of way I look at it. God, I didn't even need a psychologist to agree for that. But I mean, that's just, again, it's, I love kind of getting deep like that in that sense. And it's funny because then I still get asked, it's like, how the fuck, how the hell have you not been in a relationship in 15 years or can't find anybody? I'll be like, well, I'll tell you, pickings are slim or maybe I'm just super picky and I haven't found that one with the connection. So I don't know. Certainly, let's. I noticed. Are we kind of recording, or are we editing, or doing? Yeah, dude. We, yeah, we, we go. I didn't know if there was an official starting, or we were just kind of getting right into this. This is it's sort of go at the flow in that sense. Ooh, this is some good stuff. I hope it doesn't overflow. All right, here you go, buddy. Use my force. (laughs) Bubbles at bay on the rooftop. So, think about what I've learned this week or not what I've learned, but what I've come to appreciate so much this week with everything happening with me is that I realize just how how many friends uh, are, are coming to my aid and, and helping me. And even people that I don't know, because people say, people will say, how are you? Mm-hmm. And I think this is really important. People will say, how are you? Mm-hmm. And if I'm not well, I'm not going to give the default answer like I am well, I am good, mm-hmm. I'm great. I've, people are on autopilot, uh, you know, they just give that response. But I'm going to answer mm-hmm. real. Like if I'm not well, I'm going to say, you know what, I'm feeling a little bit, I'm feeling a little bit down right now. Um, I could really use your your energy to lift me up, you know. Mm-hmm. And the the response when I'm open and transparent like that. When I actually say how I'm feeling in response to how are you, mm-hmm. the conversations that come out of that, you know, the the typical five second, how are you? I'm good. Oh, how are you? Great. That's a five second conversation. Mm-hmm. It turns into like a 20, 30 minute conversation. Yesterday I had a, I had a conversation uh, with, a, with a friend on, the, on a bench outside for an hour, for an hour, just stemming from how are you? Well... To be honest, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing that great right now. Mm. Emotionally, I'm a little bit down. And, and it's just the connections that you can form mm-hmm. with vulnerability. It's like, because also too, people will be like, you know what? Oh my gosh, I've been struggling with that too. And you can't relate to someone who's perfect, no. right? I mean, cheers, buddy. Oh yes, cheers indeed. This has been... It's been a long time coming, man. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely excited to do this. And it's nice because I, I like the atmosphere and everything today. And it's kind of ironic. We talk about, and that's very good. Mm-hmm. I think I found myself a new soda. Mm-hmm. And it's not even anything like, it's not of the, well, you know, the Coke and Pepsi. So yeah, so for, is... so for people listening, this is, this is called Zevia. It's called Zevia because it's sweetened with Stevia, which is a... Essentially, a leaf. It's sweetened with stevia leaf extract. There's yeah. no sugar in here. 
there it's there's no calories it's a it's so we're drinking grape soda with crazy. no sugar there, and there's no aspartame like is like is in diet coke it's sweetened with stevia it's funny because in the line of work that i do i mean there were a lot of i deal with you know the soda vendors and whatnot and not to get off on a too much of a tangent but i mean i remember seeing a version of diet coke that they were bringing in with uh I think it was Diet Coke with Splenda in it. And I mean, that's a, probably about as close to cancer in a bottle as, or a, a can as you could get in a sense. But certainly, I mean, a lot of those health things aside, I mean, it's kind of ironic that like coming over here today, we talked about, you know, in terms of like the topic of keeping it real. It's kind of funny because in a sense, like most days in Florida lately, it's been very sunny, but you know, we we're kind of expecting the front to come through and it's kind of clouded the sun a little bit. So it's kind of like taken on a tone of where we're not trying to rain on a positive parade. I kind of, you know, in terms of I talked to you about um, what you were talking about as far as being open and keeping it real. I think social media, mm-hmm. it's interesting. There was a movie I just watched not too long ago, and, I, and the title escapes me. And the teenage girl was uh, the, um, she kept reverting to social media, sort of as her way of doing videos kind of being in a comfort zone uh, and just kind of sharing a positive message but then when she would go back to the real world it's kind of like going back to her real world problems and I, I I'd like to see more of the unfiltered version of people on social media I think that there are cases of it out there but you know you talk to the situation of where and this is kind of the equivalent of how I did this before when people are more open about if they're going through some struggles or some issues in their life, I get it. There's a vulnerability there where people might be sort of sensitive or, or to the fact that they might be seen as weak, you know, in terms of by others if they're going through a problem and they're sharing it. And they're like, I don't, don't want to share this because they're worried about what others might think. And I don't, I, like you said, the more, the more open you are, and you share the issue you're dealing with with your audience, with the people you talk to out there, it kind of goes back to that whole, the raindrop that I use where the lake is the massive, the lake is the the audience, the social media world. And by becoming that drop of, let's just call it realism, where your transparency, where, you know, you're straightforward with everybody and saying, look, I'm going through this. Uh, I've been dealing with this. Just wanted to reach out with you all and share it. I know a lot of y'all are used to positive messages from me, but just, you know, I have some things going on right now. And, uh, you know, I just kind of wanted to let you know and be share a little bit of my story with you. You know, whether it be fighting, uh, uh, you know, fighting cancer or something health related or something completely different, you know, in terms of how they're doing it. And by that drop, once you've done that, you've hit the water and sort of the ripple effect goes out. And what I mean by that is that you have people out there that would be like, whoa, I'm going through the exact same thing, hence the conversation with your friend. And it's like, wow, I'm sitting here and I'm hearing you and I'm clueless as to what I can be doing about this. But when I hear how you're handling it, it actually sparks some ideas on some things that I could do for myself, maybe to help me cope or to push me through this time that is a, that is a challenge or more of a valley rather than a peak in my life at the moment. And I think that that's missing on social media. It's tough. Uh, and I think it could be missing in life in general. And it's tough these days because it's so... 
you turn on the TV and it just seems like everything's about the vision and everything else. For those that don't know me, I mean, I spent what, 13 years plus in, in the newsroom as a journalist. I got into it for sports because I love sports and that'll always be my thing, but I spent a good portion of that in news. So I don't really watch the news as much. I do like to keep up with the current headlines, but I will tell people if the weather's all you care about, wait till about the 10 after mark. Get through that first block of news so you're not losing your uh, you're not losing your mojo in that sense. But I, I, again, though, I, I come back to though from that the openness though and being transparent with people, becoming that drop in the water creates that ripple effect for people that maybe can just relate, and it may pull some people out of their shell. It may pull them out of a dark time in their moment or their life that they're going through. I'm not alone. So, right? I mean, that's what you're telling people. Exactly. You're they, you're, you're not alone. That's just it. Come come to yeah. us. Come talk to us. Yeah. You know, again. The, the worst thing I could do is is pretend everything in my life is perfect mm-hmm. for everyone else. That's the the biggest disservice that I can that I can do for people. Mm-hmm. And I think too with Instagram especially, mm-hmm. everyone's trying to flex. Everyone's trying like Absolutely. even and yeah. even with even on their even on their stories, mm-hmm. it's like a subtle I call it the subtle flex, mm-hmm. you know, and I am, I am the chief perpetrator mm-hmm. of this. If you go look at my, my main Instagram, mm-hmm. it is, it's a lot of, it, there's a lot of flexing on it, but that's mm-hmm. sort of the Instagram culture, especially in college too. Everyone's trying to just look, look super cool mm-hmm. and like, look what I have and look what I did and. And look at all this. It's look at me, and yeah, it's 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 funny. It's funny. I I don't even I don't even know so much that the problem is that we're not posting. Oh, I'm depressed. I think the problem comes from this flexing. All beauty over. contest. Yeah, beauty contest. Too, yeah, to some extent. Yes, gets gets there as well for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, to me, I, 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 yeah, it, it. I had seen a lot of that, and again. I think that that's where even for somebody your age and growing up, I mean, I, again, like high school, even in a sense at the time was considered to be a beauty contest in that sense. I looked at myself more as a quiet nerd <laughs> in high school, but I didn't really get bullied or picked on. There were a few people that did their thing, I and I had done that. It's interesting. There's somebody that I still remain very good friends with to this day, uh, bless her heart, um, you know, and I had I, I had picked on her quite a bit and I remember later in life though I came back to that this was even before bullying became that much more of the issue that it's become today and I remember there were several times I came back to her and I told her I said you know that I'm I get it we were we were younger we were dumber in high school in that sense but I apologized straight up to her I told her you know I am truly sorry for that I was like I know that those words may not have maybe meant or anything along those lines at you know time but I mean they still were hurtful and I said, because there were still times I can remember when things were said. And I still remember there were times when it bothered me because I could see the pain in your eyes. And, uh, you know, she was very appreciative of that. But she always told me that it was just because it's her nature. She was like, you know what? She's like, you know, don't even worry about it. I was like, and I, I said, I, I expected that from you. But at the same time, though, you need to hear that and you need to know that, that we were more or less kids still in high school. But again, that comes back to just... Again, the, the need to want to be there because, again, we, we get so caught up now and today with just the issues of uh, 
we get into these school we get into these cliques and we're so comfortable around certain people that maybe we've known with for a while but that's why i would always like to challenge and, and we always and i know students today would still groan about it oh gosh get up and go introduce yourself to somebody you don't know you don't know what connection you're opening them up or opening up to in that sense so it's like don't short yourself of that and unfortunately we're living in a time now where just you know with events that occur we see certain things that go on with people you know with with unfortunately with people with groups i mean unfortunately i mean we had this incident uh in pittsburgh uh at the synagogue and so of course there's a lot of talk about anti-semitism which a lot of the stuff that you see come to the forefront more so today has been out there but unfortunately there are things that are occurring in society and taking place that seem to bring it more to the top and that's what's disheartening to me that's why i wish more people i feel like there's more compassion needed out there so when i try to do if i go on facebook or anywhere that i do it you know it's like i'm appreciative of everybody and what they bring to their table if i just put something on facebook that i think is funny or share I'll always kind of put a disclaimer up it's like <clears throat> totally get a Y'all are out there and some of you are for this or against this. I'm not here to spark a debate. I'm not going to have a debate on my page. I mean, you all are more than welcome to express your opinion. But if someone wants to disagree, be an adult about it. We're grown-ass people out there and it's amazing how much you still see people. It's crazy. If you ever want entertainment, you go to political posts or anything like that and you just scroll through the first 10, 15 comments and you're just shaking your head laughing at how, how just childish people... Grown people out there, just it's almost like we're back in elementary school and we're fighting over stuff. And it's just the mentality of people. I get it. And maybe I can understand why maybe there does need to be more transparency. Because when you read some of these comments, I try not to laugh as much because I really try to wonder, is this person just, is there that much hate in this person or something going on in their life right mm, now? That, that, yeah. Perfect example. I'll share this with you. Compassion. Uh... This happened in a mastermind group we were in several years ago. Uh, I, was, I, was in a, I was involved with a home business, and a group of us would always meet the mastermind, and we talked about sort of paying it forward. And there was a, a woman in the group, and she went to a local grocery store. And she went over to the deli somewhere along those lines. I went to order some, put an order in, and the woman behind the counter was just, I mean, just inf infuriating, like just rude to her, like, this, that, and the other thing, and hey, you want this, or, oh, you know, like this heavy, oh, those heavy exhales, like anything else I can help you with, just that annoyed voice and things like that. And she said, normally, if she's more wired to sort of be confrontational or, you know, kind of be like, okay, what's your problem? But something in her just told her to do like a role reversal and realized at the time where you don't know really what somebody's ever going through. And one of my pet peeves is don't take your bad day out on me. You know, because I used to think about, I might just have, I might just snap back at you because what you put out to me, you ultimately get back. And I've caught myself where it's like, you know what, change it up. Snap back and surprise them. So what she does, she left the order, she remembered the face of the person that uh, she placed the order with. And she went to finish some shopping and her last stop was in the florist area over there. Picks up a thing of flowers. Comes back over to the deli and... Um, comes up to her and says to her, uh, you know, she's like, hey, look, and she's back. She's like, I'm here to pick up my order. <clears throat> Excuse me, too, because it still chokes me up a little bit when I think about it. Because, again, it, it, it just really, it really hits at the crux of what more is needed in this world. And 
she says to her, she goes, look, I know, you know, you seemed a little, you seemed a little agitated before earlier, and I know you may not have meant it directly at me, so if you're having a bad day, I stop by and I pick these flowers up, and she said, the next thing you know, the woman behind the counter stops and just, she had these plastic gloves on, so she had to take them off, puts her hand, her face in her hands, and just starts bawling, and came around the corner, takes, accepts the flowers from her, gives her a great big hug, Went into like just a quick 30 second, yeah, it's unf- I forget what the what the deal was. I don't know if it was a family member that was estranged or they had just lost a family member or something, but just something that was making it so difficult. And it just happened the day before or whatever, so it was still raw. And she, and she apologized profusely. She goes, because that's not how I'm at at work. And I remember I kept, you know, she's saying, well, why did you even come to work? She goes... I just kind of wanted to get my mind off it, but it affected her work performance too, in that sense. And she was so grateful that it just, you know, just like nobody's ever done that before for me. And that's where I would turn and challenge anybody to go do that. Never done that before. Never done that for me. Or somebody's never done that for me before moment to somebody. It's, it's easy to want to hold open a door and do those little things, but if that's where we're all wired so differently, and I get it, and it's so easy to want to snap back at somebody oh, yeah. that snaps at us for no apparent reason. Yeah, it's just I had to catch myself there because I was going to start, because I still remember when she told the story. I was up in the bathroom. I, I went into the bathroom. I forget whose house we were at. I brought the box of Kleenex out, and, I, and the whole group really was touched by it. I mean, there were, I wasn't the only one that was reaching for tissues, but... It just was a true empowering moment about the compassion that's missing in this world right now. And I think, unfortunately, a lot of people get so caught up with it by watching news headlines, by getting involved with the news out there. Don't get me wrong. As a former journalist, there are a lot of good journalists that are doing the news business right out there. But unfortunately, for whatever reason, that old saying with that industry, if it bleeds, it leads. It seems like, and we do have more of a curiosity factor for violence and police chases and stuff going on, but... Stop and I, I've always wondered. It's like give me a twenty-four hour good news network where it's nothing but good stories, rather than these newscasts giving you forty-five to fifty minutes of just ugh, and oh, yeah. then saving that last little feel-good story at the last thirty seconds so they can send you out on that good note. It's it's, it's so funny. Sometimes my my friend comes in here and turns on the news, and I feel. The, I don't. I never say anything, but I just feel the life draining out of me after ten minutes of watching the news. Uh, he did it today, actually. I, I I remember distinctly one of the first couple stories was some murder. It was it was two volunteer. This guy killed a volunteer worker mm-hmm. because he was he was sent home and he was mad that he got sent home volunteer worker for Hurricane Michael. Mm-hmm. You know, this lady was just volunteering for Hurricane Michael and she ended up getting killed, mm-hmm. getting murdered. But, yeah, I just... It, I just feel... Yeah. Yeah, right? I, I felt the life journey out of me for sure. The, the It just... It's easy to get down about life watching the news for sure. That's why I never... I never watched the news. And I... So I think this is very important. There's a lot of people... Bringing this back, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people suffering out there. And a lot of life, you're going to suffer as well. And I, that's, I think that's a really important fact to know so that you're not 
disillusioned and, and you're upset that everything's not perfect because you think that's how it's supposed to be. It's not supposed to be like that. You're supposed to struggle. And for for me right now, I mean, I... So in my in my struggle the past week, I mean, this is just a cycle. I've been there before. I was just on top of the world for the past uh, month and a half, right? Mm-hmm. And so it comes back to knowing my why to endure any how, right? Mm-hmm. And enduring this struggle. There's not a whole lot you can do to just bypass the struggle. It's it's part of life. So I think what's important is just being able being able to struggle. I, I'm really fucking good at struggling because I have that meaning. It goes back to a couple of weeks ago I had Patrick on the podcast mm-hmm. and I said I said is this, don't you think the search for meaning is a meaningless search and he's like yeah well when you're enjoying life when everything's great and I was really on top of the world then at that point uh, it doesn't you don't really need it like life is here to enjoy but in those tough times you absolutely need a, a higher meaning you need to find a higher meaning to attribute your trials and tribulations towards. And for me, that's really, that's my unfinished work. I mean, I have this book right here, but that's, that's nothing. I know I have something profound in me. I can't tell you exactly what it is yet. I don't know. Part of my journey is what's gearing me up for this work of my life. It's this unfinished work in me. It's this duty to whoever my future partner is. I want to be there for my future my future lover, right? And and for my future kids that that are don't exist yet. And you know, I have this I have this duty to the world, to my friends to pull me through. You know? It's kind of like you're working on building your foundation for your kingdom, so to speak. And along the way, you may find whomever that special somebody is, and eventually those kids come along. But it's kind of one of those things where you're working on that kingdom. You're working on building that kingdom of your own first, and that's that's kind of where that that kingdom and how you're living your own thing uh, to prepare yourself for that kingdom is kind of ultimately your why. And then that special someone, that love that maybe you happen to meet along the way, like I said, that's where it's gonna. That's where you're gonna kind of meet it. That's where you're gonna meet them. But at the same time, you're still on track. We're going towards the kingdom. We're building the kingdom. But now I've got somebody special in my life, and then. You know, you all, you all eventually, if, if kids come in the picture, then it's more additions to the kingdom. But again, that kingdom is still what remains the focus going forward. I mean, they become a part of that focus, but you're still driven on what that, that why is. It's, it's the same thing for me. I, I, I have to stop and, and reevaluate my why at all times because why, our why changes, I think, from time to time a little bit just based on life circumstances and things like that. Ultimately, mm-hmm. doesn't go away. I don't think there's a complete contrast in terms of what the why is, because even I've had to stop and ask myself, well, "Wait a minute, what was my why again?" Because there are times where I lose track of what my why is, and I'm like, "Is that still really what my why is, or is it because of where I'm at now or where I would like to go?" I mean, again, for me, it's you know, you look at like wanting to some of the things we talk about. Like for me, I look at financial freedom. You know, or I look at hopefully running into somebody along the way, but at times I feel like lately, especially the last, 
I mean, being a small business owner is nice and well, but I still feel like I'm missing something. You know, I'm still trying to find what are some things to fill in the holes as to where, whether it's going forward, where do I see myself in another five years from now? Am I just, at times I feel like maybe I'm just treading water. And it's like, okay, stop treading water, find your destination, and then start skyrocketing at it again. And that's where I sometimes, I, and that's such a challenge in life. That's something that's been going on with me. I've had to question, you know, the destination at times, um, where, where it is, because I think my destination changes quite a bit. But until that comes into more of a clear picture to me, I'm going to enjoy the journey. There are going to be oh, ups, yeah. downs. I mean, that's the biggest thing. Is it's you don't you always hear about that. It's not it's not so much getting to that intended destination. It's the journey that you it, have along the way that sort of helps define you a little bit or a lot. Well, it's really easy to get all caught up in. I'll be happy when this. If you're if you're not enjoy if you're not enjoying today and you didn't enjoy yesterday, you're you're not gonna. If you don't find a way to enjoy today, you're not gonna. Find a way to enjoy tomorrow. It's not going to be different. It's cliche, but you trust the process. Honor your process. Mm-hmm. And I want to highlight here. I want to highlight here. There's there's three big things that people struggling should know and should be doing. Number one is what I was saying before. Knowing you're having that meaning in place. The why to endure anyhow. And enduring that struggle, there, you're not going to bypass it. Not, it's just there's no, there's no get out of jail free card. It just, just doesn't exist there. Mm-hmm. And number two would be, be real, be real. Someone says how are you, and you're not like don't don't keep it all in. Mm-hmm. Reach out to people too, and that that goes into number three. All week I've hung out with friends every single day. I. Some one-on-one time with people. And then out in social settings as well. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think it's super important. The worst thing you can do... I Actually, I have another thing. Yeah, the worst thing you can do is sit at home all day. So number four, depression is an action. Depression specifically. What does depression look like? Well, slumped posture, rounded shoulders, crossed arms, and eating poorly. And, and if you really want to paint a picture, it's... Mm-hmm. It's sitting in bed at one o'clock in the afternoon, you're on your phone, and you're looking at pictures of you and your ex. Depression is an action. So number four is pattern interrupt. Lay down the hammer, like pattern interrupt. Depression is an action. This can work for you. Use your physiology to get up and start moving. This is where exercise really comes into play for us. You can't be depressed while you're in intense physical exercise. So what I'll do is a lot of times I will I will roll out the yoga mat in my room, put on the essential oil diffuser and put on a podcast or some music or switch it halfway in between. I'll listen to music for a while and then I'll switch it to a podcast. I start stretching, doing, you know, doing some yoga, I'll do some foam rolling. And then I'll get into some intense physical exercise where I'm really working my muscles, maybe doing some jumping jacks. And then after that, I mean, you know, 20 minutes or so, I will go full out sprint to the pool right over there. And then I will go do, I will 
sit underwater and I will hold my breath underwater for 30 seconds at a time. I'll do, I literally, and I'll put my hand on my heart underwater and I'll just sit there completely still. It's like underwater meditation in a way. It's like, it's meditation intervals. I just came up with that, but hydro meditation intervals. And then, so after I'm in the pool for a little bit, oh, sometimes what I'll do is I'll take my, my Fitbit headphones. Mm -hmm. So they're Bluetooth headphones. Mm And so I will walk around the pool with my headphones in listening to a podcast and I'll put my phone on like the side of the pool. So then after I leave the pool, I take the long way around and I sprint back. So by at that point, you know, it's an hour, hour and a half process. I can't be depressed while doing that. Yeah. I just can't. It's the yeah, rules sure. of physiology would be broken when you're so immersed like that. Mm-hmm. It's just not possible. So the pattern interrupts. And it's, uh, I mean, it's a temporary thing for sure. But I think those are, those four things right there are just great to, to really combat the sort of depression. Even, I mean, depression is, depression, you can be depressed for, you know, a couple hours at a time, a day at a time. You, I mean, if you, people are depressed all the time, you know. And maybe not willing to admit it, but... You mentioned the be real, and that's true. It's, I, I always tell people, if someone asks, don't bullshit them. I, I get at times there are circumstances where it's like, oh, yeah, I'm doing great, but body language does not lie. Uh, at the same time, I get, that this, I get that you don't want to maybe be the Debbie Downer of the party if you're out or you're running into somebody or just be like hey i'm okay you know i'm doing good but body language does not lie i mean especially smile man you do it that's just it i at times i feel like i forget it you know and i sometimes it's 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 interesting because for me for somebody that's in like a grocery store every day where i'm where i'm running i run a distribution route so when i'm taking product in and i'm filling up where i'm at in the stores i do encounter customers later in the morning you know and i'm you know good morning smile it's just because again, it's amazing how when you do make contact and you see some folks in the stores, again, it's just, you kind of almost are curious to their story because it's, you get some that come in that are very cheery, but then you see some that are coming in and it's like, wow, they really look like they could use a hello or a smile. And Certainly. I've had some interesting conversations along those lines, but yeah, don't, don't, don't worry about being a Debbie Downer. I mean, you know, if it's like, hey, I'm okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going through something a little bit, but mm-hmm. I'm good. You know, and if it's in a setting where, like, I mean, if you're, whether, you, whether you're good friends with the person or not, at least just say, well, yeah, I mean, if you want to talk about it at some point, you know, I, I get that if you, if you have a close circle of friends or someone you lean on to, make sure you talk to them about it. Or otherwise, right. I'm, 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 I will put myself out there. I'm like... I'm willing to listen. I, I believe me, I'm probably one of the most non-judgmental people in this world. I, I have had people come up to me about topics that, I mean, whew, you know, it's, it's, it's out of this world in terms of some of them, in terms of just different topics. But I don't, in the end, I don't judge uh, because everybody's going through everything. And then again, you never know when you may have your story to tell or you're going through something. And it's just like, talk to somebody. It's, it's not good to... It, to me, it's toxic. You're, you're almost giving yourself a toxic energy to your body if you are not opening up to somebody about it. Uh, again, I come back to where, again, it, if you don't have somebody in a close circle that you can talk to, 
a psychiatrist, a therapist, whomever it is that you need to talk to. These people are avenues. Again, I do not get what people are concerned about if somebody is seeing a therapist. To me, it's not a sign of weakness. The way I see it, more power to you because you found an avenue that you can get stuff out that you might be bottled up about. And it's somebody that may be able to, in a professional manner, steer you down a path to how to deal with that. There's no shame. There's no there's no shame at all in going to see somebody that's a professional. And I it's think not, I. it's and it's not an offense to it's not meant to be offensive too to your close friends that say, Hey, why didn't you come talk to me about it? You may, but this was just where something it was a situation where you went this route. Nothing against them. You know they're gonna be there. They're still gonna be there for times when you do want to talk to them about it. It just really comes down to the circumstances and more people need to step out. Of, of this shell that they want to keep themselves locked up in. And uh, by, by doing that, I think it frees their body a little bit of the toxicity and the stress. And I think it brings more happiness back into the soul. I'm a very spiritual guy. Like I said, I, I don't... There's... And again, I, I, I don't want to walk a fine line here. I know there's... To me, there's a difference between being religious versus being spiritual. I'm, I'm, I'm more of a spiritual person because I think to me, being religious, I still think... It's one of the things I go back to when I used to bartend. We never talked politics and we never talked religion Hmm. because I tend to run into a lot of people that you can tell are religious because it's really their religion is the only thing that matters out there. And if you believe in something else, the hell with you or just, I don't want to hear you. And that, that again is not right. That is, that is a mindset that is eroding society in that sense to me. It's just, I do not like to see people kind of log, but be open. If somebody worships differently than you, that's okay. You know, it's you might learn something from it in that sense. That that's pretty cool. Don't be open the doors of it. To me, it's amazing how religion so you know is supposed to meant to have all these higher powers and good for this world, but yet I, I, I swear, people who are religious, it seems like it's caused more division than maybe bringing people together in this. It's okay to worship or believe, and if you're an atheist and don't believe in a higher power too. That's okay. I'm a spiritual person, and like I said, I believe in a higher power, uh, you know, in a sense, and I'm a big believer in the universe, and I'm a big believer in the law of attraction in terms of what we put out will come back to us. But do not place expectations on anything coming back because really when you do that, that's when the pleasant surprises occur. When wow, I just realized this happened because of something I might have done maybe 10 years ago. And now maybe this is the universe sort of reciprocating what I did, you know, but in a sense, it's pretty cool. It really is. It's, it's, it's powerful to be in the shoes of, of feeling spiritual and, and, and having that belief that, you know, there's a higher power there that I do. I take my time. I don't, I don't forcefully push my beliefs on anybody at all. I will share or talk to people who have an interest, but, uh, you know, my biggest thing is at night, uh, I will pray before I go to bed. I'll lay in, I'll lay in bed and I say my prayers. And then um, I always remind myself, and there are some that know me. I mean, you see my posts. I'll always end it with AOG, which is attitude of gratitude. Yeah. And that's just something that's the biggest thing is I get it. You wake up every day with these challenges on your mind that you may have something going on in your life. But damn, be grateful for what you got. And if there's something you don't have, then get off your ass and go get it because it's not going to come crawling to you. So that's just kind of a little bit of what I've I've gone off here. I mean, not to go not to go too far off on things, but I mean the transparency. But being real, I, I just cut the bullshit. You know, with people that are close to you, 
uh, or even professional, don't don't put out don't put a facade out. You're doing yourself so much more harm, I think, internally on yourself. Talk right. to people. Well, men specifically feel as if they can't talk to people, that they can't cry even. And Macho and yes, what's so and that shows mm-hmm. this is not just an intangible thing. This is this is having real a real impact on society. The uh, suicide rate for men is 3.53 times higher than it is for women. Why? Because they wear men wear these masks. Masks. Mm-hmm. Why is that such a hard word to say? They wear these masks to cover themselves up. They feel like they can't talk about it. They gotta be strong. They have to man up. They have to be a man, right? And I know plenty of people like that. Mm. But eventually it gets to the point where it's just bottled up so long and it just explodes, Mm. right? And okay, so there's also something too that you said that I wanna highlight. I think it's important that I'm taking for granted here I say, you know, I say, reach out to people. You know, re- lean on your friends. And I'm taking for granted here that you may, because this was the case for me two, two and a half short years ago. Mm-hmm. I had no friends. Mm-hmm. I didn't have. Okay, I had one. Mm-hmm. I had one friend all throughout high school, mm-hmm. but I didn't have this. The why the abundance of close friends that I have now. I didn't have this network that I could reach out to. And in that case, what I would tell myself from two and a half years ago is get more involved. Um, and what I would tell people now, get more involved, join some sort of club, go to church on Sunday morning and you know, try to smile at people, try to, you know, say hi and spark a conversation. Mm-hmm. It's not that hard if you just put your phone on airplane mode and and make it a rule to not take it out of your pocket. Mm-hmm. It's not terribly difficult. Uh, go go out of your way. I mean, even if you're even if you're not a Starbucks person, if you're like I don't drink coffee, but I have some sometimes. I will go. No, no, I, I haven't drank it. I have. I don't drink it. But I've gone with my laptop to just go sit in Starbucks, because I know that's a hub for people my age, right? And so, yeah, that's that's what I have to say about that. So, I mean, if don't don't lay down and and die and cry if you if you don't have any any friends. Don't lay down and cry like I did, you know, two and a half years ago about it. Um, there's, there, there are some things you can do. You're not going to get close, uh, 20 close friends by next week. It's a slow meandering process, but you know, maybe you meet someone, you know, Hey, you know, I hope to, I hope to see you again. Maybe we can hang out at the pool sometime. Right. Just stuff, stuff like that. The ones you have to watch out for, and especially in your case too, even, I mean, again, high school, college, different things like that. Is sometimes you don't want to sometimes, and I use the word because you mentioned how a lot of the times people on Instagram do it flex. You gotta watch out for those friends that may see this dude's Instagram, look at your Instagram, and see all the flexing going on, and they kind of like maybe notice or find out or want to hang out with you and see what your network of friends are like. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you got friends by flex, and it's like friends or not. And that's the law of attraction. You get what you put out. And, and that's just it. And it comes back to, and it also, it, it also in a reevaluation aspect of things too, regardless of your age, I believe it's the law of association that talks about if you take your five closest friends, 
you kind of fit right in the middle of those five. And again, I'll go back to this because again, I like I said, I did a lot of, I, I was in a few home-based businesses and, and did okay with them, not to the level of success that I would hope. But when we talk about people that want to change their life, and let's use the financial freedom aspect of it. If you're hanging around and you have aspirations to become financially free, and I'm not saying you have to be a millionaire or a billionaire, but you have those high expectations and you're dead serious about it, well then nothing wrong with nothing against the group of friends you have but are any of them in that income level right now no so then what's the harm in getting out and looking for i think meetup.com is a great website or a great resource looking for local avenues for either entrepreneur groups success groups of people getting together and masterminding where you may not be the one that is the big millionaire in a group but if you sit down in a group of people that are having that success why not go network with them? Why not go talk to them and be like, how do you do it? And then all of a sudden, then you start to think about the people that you attract into your life. Another example off of that. Um, if you're in a group of people and one person starts bitching and moaning about, uh, I don't know, whatever topic. We'll use politics, for example. If they start bitching about a certain candidate. What do you think they're going to attract? They're going to attract mostly the same people in the group uh -huh. that want to bitch about the same candidate. You'll get some that might be for the other candidate, and then you get the all-out debate that starts, but that's, that's not the point here. It's, again, it's what you attract coming to you. If all you do is bitch and moan and complain, what are you going to attract in your life? Bitchers, moaners, and complainers. One phrase that I've always caught with people, and I just did it today as a matter of fact, it was in one of my accounts said, hey, good morning, how are you? And her response was, I'm okay, I can't complain. I said, why would you want to complain to begin with? I have never understood why people say that. I can't complain. They almost say it as if it's a rate, as if they're looking for something to have come to complain about. You yeah. know, in a sense, and I've never, to me, I, it's kind of a little psychological spin on that phrase because I, you know, I get it that people are trying to say that in a, hey, I've got nothing to complain about. Uh, how about instead of you got nothing to complain about, how about you tell me what it is that's got you so happy and good today? So, so you know, it's so funny you bring that up because I'd say maybe two months ago now, about two months ago, I said to Patrick in the gym, mm -hmm. again, referencing him, guest from four, Great guy, about four, love yeah. Yeah, that was a classic one. Um, so, was, we were in the gym and I was like, I was feeling really good. I said, I told him, I got nothing to complain about right now. I, I, I can't, I can't complain. And, and he goes, dude, it's, it's like you're exactly what you just said. It says, dude, your brain is, is searching for hits for things to complain about hits for, for bad, you know? And so what the way to correct that what i what i've changed over the past couple of months mm -hmm. is i will now say i have a ton to be grateful for mm -hmm. right it's just a a small quarter of a twist change that primes your brain to think of the good mm -hmm. the gratitude instead of the bad mm -hmm. the the tragedies the you know things mm -hmm. to complain about right mm -hmm. quarter of a twist that's all yeah, no, absolutely. It's a, it's a thrilling thing, and it's I, I, I did that, and it's funny when she, as soon as I said, why would you want to complain about anything, and she stopped, and the light clicked, and she's like, I see what you did there. 
She goes, and I never thought about it that way before. And again, I just think that we get so wrapped up in our lives. And, and, and again, a lot of it too is people are products of their own environments. It's, 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 I've watched in a boatload of movies over time. And, and some movies are very good at just, you know, again, that some people are wired the way they are wired, not by their own fault necessarily, but because of the environment they were brought up in. And that's why I think people have to understand that. And, um, you know, I go back and I use these not to harp on, but I mean, unfortunately, these events that have occurred, such as Pittsburgh and things like that, and these people that have done this, it's like, where, what in the world could this person have done? Or they, what was their environment like to have come up and just, were they taught hate? And, and, and I, I, I put a post on Facebook the other night because it broke my heart. It really did, um, because again, not to. One of the things that was uh, one of the victims, unfortunately, at the uh, at the synagogue uh, shooting was a 97-year-old Holocaust survivor. I saw that. And when you think about, you hear about the horror stories of what these survivors had to endure there, and to see how far she had come in life at 97, boy, she lived a life, but then to still be cut down by somebody that has as much hate today that probably those did then in that time of going through the Holocaust, dealing with those soldiers that had that hate to want to just rid people like that. That to me is painful. That's hurtful. And that's something where I feel like I, I had, I was, it compelled me to write this out there to people to be like, because to me, I just know, remember growing up as a kid when we were like, I can remember now, I can remember very vividly in elementary school. I didn't care what color you were. I didn't care whom you loved. I didn't care what, what background you were or what religion. We were, there wasn't any of that. We, we, we accepted everybody for who they were. But then somewhere along the lines, those that get heavily involved in religion and other things started to teach things that suddenly narrowed the minds of a lot of people out there and turned people into sort of this is only my way or no way. And I think it doesn't happen to everybody in general, but I think it's happened to a lot of people. And, and it's interesting when you cross paths. I mean, to me, hate is taught. Because again, you just, you don't, I'm sorry, you just don't, you don't become born into this world hating somebody of color or hating somebody because maybe they like, you know, they like somebody of the same sex or they, or they totally, <laughs> they can't stand take or something along those lines. They just... The, 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 the simple little things that the way people are taught, I just, I, I've told people, I just, I, I, in this post I went off, I said, if you are teaching your kids this kind of hatred or anything to just, are you, you're trying to basically diminish a, a group of people in front of your kids' eyes while they're trying to grow and learn in this world themselves, shame on you. I, I want nothing to do with somebody like that because to me, again, those, I think those folks with those mindsets are eroding this world in that sense. I wouldn't, and I don't, to me, there's going to be, there's, there's plenty of good. Again, this is more about keeping it real. From a positive standpoint, there's a lot of good in this world, but unfortunately, we don't seem to hear a lot more of that good because we're more concerned about the bad. Oh, for sure. And it just, it drives me nuts in that sense. And, I, and I've had some people, and I mean, I still have friends that work in the journalism industry, and I will defend their work through and through for the good work that they try to do to tell the stories. I have a friend that I used to work with here in Florida at a local station. She, is, she has worked her way up, and 
she is doing quite well for herself at a station in Las Vegas. And uh, unfortunately, I mean, she was out there at the time uh, with a friend that they were out there at the time that the Las Vegas shooting occurred, uh, where so many people, so many innocent lives were lost. And, you know, but again, that night, she had to be forced into action as a, as a news director to manage the crews, to try and make sure that they were, as this, you know, real-time story, real-life situation was fluid and it was breaking to tell the story to be compelled as, as hard as it was to cover it unfortunately a, a, a tragedy of that magnitude becomes front and center in sure. that sense i mean i go back to my experience uh you know again just in my first tv experience uh was in on the eastern shore of maryland and i was in a newsroom on 9 11 yeah. and and to me and and when i say this from a, 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 an industry type of experience, that was the most awesome. But when I say awesome, it's I'm not saying that I'm glad it happened, but it was just the fact that it did happen. But to see the experience of being in the newsroom and to watch a, uh, an organization to just come together and try and be as coordinated as it could, because I mean, we were only a few hours east of DC where the Pentagon had been hit, and then we were looking to mobilize and send crews up to New York. We didn't, because our goal was to mobilize keep the story as local as possible. And and it's tough working in a situation like that, but it's it, it was there are so many vivid things that day that I take with me. But again, it's it's you and it was tough because you didn't try to bring that home with you in terms of keeping it real, but you had to. You had to talk to people. I mean I can remember days where I came home and I just I was wrapped sitting in my chair in an American flag. And I just, I, I, I was, in a way, I was grieving. I mean, fortunately, I didn't lose anybody personally, but to me, I felt like I just, I had to grieve. I had to be there in some way, shape, or form. And, and the crazy thing out of all of it is how unified, how it, how it took something so horrible to ultimately bring this country back together and unify it. Because again, to me, what I saw in the days and the weeks and the months following 9-11 is, is nothing like I have ever seen before with the unity. People didn't care what the hell, again, color and all. You walk into a, a bar or anything. We were all Americans at that time. But somebody attacked us. And it brought us all together. Like, how dare you come from the outside and try to, you know, defeat us based on our principles of the freedoms and everything we wake up to. But again, it just, it was amazing. People didn't care. And even when we still get in times of crisis, a car flipped over in the road, these people running up, they didn't stop to ask, well, wait, what, what, what color are they? Or what, what religion are they? They didn't give a shit about that. Somebody's life was in danger. And in that moment, six, seven, eight of them worked together to get that car flipped over and get that person out of the raging water. Why mm -hmm. does it take moments like that to come together? And then it's so difficult to just come out in public and just try to get groups of people together and just talk and say thank you or get to know somebody regardless of how different they are. Because at times when I see that, it frustrates me to no end. And, and while we're always learning as a society, there are times where I sit back and I'm like, damn, society has certainly screwed the hell up at a lot of times. It's not perfect, but it is an adventure but out there. It's the best it's ever been. Absolutely. I, and, you're, and you're right there on there. You were actually, you were heading to where I was heading next. I wouldn't trade anything in the world for what we, at least in this country, get to wake up to uh, such a diverse group of human beings to go out with 
and interact with out there. And you just got to do the best to bring your best energy out there. But you've got to find a way to tick that, I get it, you're going to run into some people that are going to be a little rough around the edges. And it may not be something directly you did. They might be having a bad day, but it's kind of like, oh, slow your roll here. Yeah. Put your energy back on them because it might change their day up the rest of the day. You never mm-hmm. know. So it really is the best it's ever been. I want to, I want people to know that because in the past 25 years, the, uh, the amount of school shootings has been cut in half. Mm-hmm. Um, I have an old post like this on, of, of this on my website. But if you just look up the world is getting better, not worse, I think you'll find a really good TED Talk on it. I forget who did it. But school shootings cut in half. Terrorism way down. Homicides in general way down. Everything is getting better. There's all this technology. Um, so that's what, you know within the past 25 years. You know what's gone up in the past 25 years? media coverage Mm -hmm. so the media creates a skewed perception because they have to cover all these shootings and terrorism um i mean you know 50 years ago this stuff Mm -hmm. really wasn't i mean yeah there was still newspapers and and whatnot Mm -hmm. but the amount of media coverage has skyrocketed you know with the with the internet but the world is the best it's ever been Mm -hmm. we've got these We've got rocket ships. We've got planes that we can go across the country and in mm-hmm. you know from from Florida to Los Angeles and in four and a half hours, and we can go around the world in less than a day. <laughs> or, before or, you know, we'll have rockets. We'll be going to Mars before you know. It. Yeah, it's <laughs> the world is. This is the time to be alive. Oh, this absolutely. is this has been the best time to be alive. So I don't want people to get this pessimistic. No, view. It, it's a, it's the it's a glass half full, not the glass it's half empty. Yeah, it's for really sure. about how you see it. And, and uh, so yeah, it's really about how you see mm-hmm. it for sure. So I really want to bring this to a head here, and I mm-hmm. I want to emphasize mm-hmm. what we went over before. These four things that you know, if you're struggling right now, this is this is for you. What I said earlier, those four bullet points. One, know why. Your why to endure anyhow. Your obligation, your duty to an unfinished work. Your obligation, your duty to a person, a lover. Even if that person's not in your life yet. You need that higher meaning. Uh, Number two, be real. Be honest, open, transparent. I acknowledge all my guests at the end of every episode because they're very open and transparent with me. I mean, it almost sounds like a broken record. I say, oh, I want to acknowledge you for being open and transparent and honest with me. But it's, I really appreciate it. I don't just want these canned answers mm-hmm. from, from my guests. I, I try to dig deeper. And it's funny, too. Like, you know, in some of the people I interview, I'll get those canned answers that I've heard them talk about before on, on CNBC and whatnot. And then I'll, I'll think to myself, all right, I'm going to get them to really open up here. And I do. So be real. And so that extends into how are you, right, in your everyday. If you're not feeling it, tell someone and have a conversation with them. And number three, reach out. Reach out to your friends. Lean on your friends a little bit when you, when you need them. Uh, hang out with your friends. And, you know, pro, be proactive. Be the one that makes plans. You can't just wait for everyone to come to you. And if you don't have friends, go out. Sit in Starbucks. Sit in, go to the gym. Go to the gym. Go play basketball at the gym. Go play five on five. Go, I don't know. What was I saying earlier? It was, um, 
It was a church. Yeah, go mm-hmm. to a church if, if that's your if if that's what you believe in. Mm-hmm. So either reach out or go find people. That's number three. And number four is that always remember depression is an action, right? Depression is an action. It's the slump shoulders, the poor posture, sitting in bed at one o'clock looking at your looking at your ex. That's depression. Cool. You're priming yourself to feel that way. It's just it's no good. So break that pattern. Create a pattern and interrupt and go do something physical, intense. And it's funny, I, I, I forgot to say, it. while I'm running, while I'm in that sprint, mm-hmm. I'm like laughing. I'm, I'm smiling. I kind of just, I don't know. And I, I, a lot of times I'll, I'll just find something to laugh about. Or, you know, I'll watch, sometimes I'll watch Impractical Jokers too. I Granted, that's like sitting on the couch. Sometimes I watch Impractical Jokers with my yoga mat out and I'll stretch and, and watch it at the same time. So I'm, I'm literally laughing and stretching at the same time. So it's great. Um, Impractical Jokers, great show. I love that show. So yeah, Jonathan, do you have any any more that you want to get out about this? Cool. Well, Anything I, to I, say I, to that? I could end up... I might, I might end up on the world's longest tangent if I do that. You, know, <laughs> you talk about the, the, the stretching out. Of well, what do you want to leave people with? Yeah. Well, my thing is, 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 you know, my biggest thing is have more compassion for others out there in the world. Uh, again, you never know what somebody is going through. Uh, take the time to just reach out to somebody. If Don't hesitate to use that, that example I used earlier. If it doesn't have to be a grocery store, but if somebody looks like they're going through something, then then do a random act of kindness. I think we've seen that a little bit more so, I think, especially with social media. I find a lot of these random acts of kindness. You know, a story comes out about a guy walking how many miles a day to and from work, and then, you know, someone hears about this story that's been blessed in their own life, and they step, they step to the forefront. They buy this person a car, and you see how grateful that is. I mean, give me a 24-hour news cycle of those kind of stories and think about what that does to you internally. But just compassion. Have compassion for others uh, and find, find, your, find your gratitude. We talk about living for your why, but find the gratitude that will carry you along the way uh, and, and just be real. Because I think that mm-hmm. this world, like you said, it is, it is a lot better than it may be portrayed out there. But I feel like we can all take it to the next step with the compassion with the love, just being yourself, and not being afraid to reach out. Find that somebody. It doesn't matter if it's a friend. It doesn't matter if it's if it's a professional. If you if you got something on the inside, then it's you know you you, you need to de you need to detoxify your soul, is what you need to do. And by doing that, by getting whatever it is, a grudge, something off. Uh, I mean, it'll do it'll do a world it'll do worldly things for you, and it'll only turn you into a person that I think we want to go out and embrace the world and and, and make it a, a little bit better place uh, than maybe where it was before before you were able to detoxify that soul and become that difference maker out there. And whatever the actions, whether they be giants, whether they be little, whatever they may be, leave an impression on somebody. And again, yeah, carry that gratitude, that attitude of gratitude that I preach religiously. Uh, take that with you every day because it does, it does good things for you. Wake up every Certainly. day and be grateful for what you got. Certainly. And fear and depression cannot exist in the presence of gratitude. And oh, so, they don't stand a chance. Yeah, exactly. So, Jonathan, of course, I want to thank you for 
what? Being real with me. And for being real with me the past almost two years now, you've been in step three, you know, reach out, you know, you've been one of those friends for me that, you know, we meet, we meet once a week, twice a week. And, you know, even, so, you know, sometimes that's something we got to work on as well. Hanging out more. I mean, cause you know, I train you twice a week, mm-hmm. but um, well, I'll drive you nuts about doing that. Yeah, we we got to hang out more outside like this, mm-hmm. you know, it's because I started this I started this episode feeling depressed mm-hmm. about an hour ago now, and I'm finishing it in the presence of a great friend who uplifted me. We were real with each other, and it was awesome. So the past two two years have has been awesome with you, my man. It really it's been a a cool connection to have you know and you're my you're my first client mm-hmm. whether you know it or not um i i've told mm-hmm. you that once before I, it, right. it took me it took me a year and a half to tell you mm-hmm. but uh Still. to get the yeah um so thank you my friend oh, thank you're you. awesome your energy is infectious i think what you're doing and what you bring to you know every day i think which your energy and everything that you bring uh every day uh, to the table, I think is something that it will change people's lives. I think it'll inspire people, and people sometimes will forget. I think you know they can. I mean, again, it's twenty, I, and for you know purposes, you know, for perspective purposes, I'm forty-two, and people could sit here and say, "Well, wait a minute, well, isn't Jonathan the one that should be the one that you know seems to be the one that you could learn from?" Well, it's it works both ways. There's a lot that I've learned from you, and vice versa, and that's the beauty of it. So. Trust me, I'm, I'm grateful to you in and of myself, so gratitude to you. And I acknowledge what you do every day in the avenue that you put out to reach out to people and that you're real and you're genuine about it. There's, no, there's nothing in the can here. It's unfiltered. Honest expression. Love you, brother. Love you too. Thank you. There you have it, my friends. This has been another episode of the Growth Mindset University podcast and if you enjoyed this one today make sure you subscribe if you have not already wherever you're listening to this podcast and make sure to leave an honest review as well when you leave a review we grow we spread this message of growth even further now if you're ready to really take your life to the next level then you can go ahead and get my book growth mindset university which is available on Amazon. And by getting this book, you're not just supporting me and this channel, but you're also getting a book that's going to lay out the rules and principles for you to creatively and effectively design your life full of joy and fulfillment. Whatever that looks like to you, it's going to be a life filled with purpose. All right. Now, thank you for listening today. I love you all so very much. And until next time, my friends, make every day count, live to learn, and grow to give.